this subconscious division like okay we have ukrainian participants we have american participants and we are so different and we are here to talk about like first of all the ukrainian american culture and then of course the war in ukraine but as we move forward with every and every and every session we just started kind of understanding that there we are not so different after all Welcome to the Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesota with the world. Our mission is to advance international understanding and engagement in every corner of the state. We do this with a variety of programs, including our public events, K-12 education programs, great decisions discussion groups, and professional exchanges. To learn more, visit our website at globalminnesota.org. I'm Nicholas Hayen, Marketing and Communications Manager for Global Minnesota, and today we are continuing our new podcast series, by interviewing some of the amazing people Global Minnesota connects with as we work together to bring Minnesota to the world and the world to Minnesota. We are now over a year into the devastating war in Ukraine. Russia's invasion has cost many thousands of lives and fundamentally reshaped the security landscape throughout Europe. But amidst the tragedy, the Ukrainian people have come together in a truly remarkable way to defend their country and share their culture with the world. In response, Global Minnesota has put together a wide variety of programming to help Minnesotans understand this dynamic conflict and its impacts on the wider world. Which is why on June 14th, we are honored to host the former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, at a public event at the Humphrey School of Public Affairs. She will discuss her time serving as Ambassador to Ukraine, as well as her insights into the current conflict. This free in-person event will also be streamed virtually, and everyone is encouraged to participate in the public Q&A session following her presentation. You can find out more and sign up at globalminnesota.org. Now, in addition to our public events, we also have worked to build the next generation of Minnesota's global citizens through youth diplomacy programs. So on this episode, we are joined by Lindsay Smaka, local Edina High School teacher, and Andrei Ushitsky, the program assistant of America House Kyiv. For the past several weeks, they have been part of a new youth virtual diplomacy program with Global Minnesota to connect Ukrainian and American high school students. Now in this program, students from Kyiv and Lviv, Ukraine are connecting with Edina high school students through online meetings and via social media platforms. By sharing their experiences and bonding over common interests in music, food, and culture, these young people have deepened their knowledge, empathy, and understanding of one another during this difficult time in Ukraine. So Lindsay and Andre, thank you for joining the show and for your work on this incredible program. Thank you for having us, Nick. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. So Andre, let's start by telling us just a bit about yourself and the work that America House is doing throughout Ukraine. Sure. Um, so my name is Andre. I work as a program assistant at America House Kiev. And America House Kiev is basically a cultural, um, educational, and informational center of America in Kiev, Ukraine. We also have America Houses in Lviv and um, in Odessa. And before the war, we were having um, regular sessions of um, speaking clubs at our office or movie screenings or we had the um, American um, uh, experts coming to our space to uh, deliver the lectures to the Kivites and to Ukrainians. Um, as the pandemic hit, we started working remotely fully um, and as the war broke out, we remained in such 
um, we, remaining operating in such way too. Um, but um, the way uh, the programs that we have started working on, they they um, significantly changed uh, because as before the war, um, there was a big, very big demand for you know entertaining programs um, in terms of like you know different um, artist talks and cultural events. Um, as the war broke out, we uh, have kind of reshaped our programming to very much skill building programs because a lot of Ukrainians um, they. Um, faced, um, they were basically placed into different, um, in, into the new realities and they faced um, the things that they had to uh, understand um, in the process as they, you know, moved to different countries and they had to, you know, uh, use English to communicate and to explain themselves and they needed a lot of, you know, workshops in terms of how to create a CV or a cover letter in English language to find a job. But um, with Global Minnesota and America House Lviv and Adina High School, as Nick mentioned, we have organized a program called uh, Minnesota Ukraine um, Youth Virtual Exchange Program, which basically um, aims to um, connect um, high schoolers from Ukraine, from specifically Lviv and Kiev and Adina, Minnesota, aged from 15 to 19 years old to kind of um, to strengthen the connections between both cultures and to also talk about um, American and Ukrainian traditions, customs, cultures, um, especially outside the war. And also, also, of course, to talk about how um, both American and Ukrainian students were affected by the war. And I feel like it has been very successful as um, we have seen so many great interactions between the students, which I'm very looking forward to, to talk about. Uh, further into this uh, this conversation, but um, from my feeling, it has been uh, very successful in terms of you know um, leveling and increasing the level of um, compassion between the Ukrainian American students, and also bringing this understanding on how we can talk about such things as the war, um, even though we are not the direct subjects of it. Yeah, I think it's just been excellent um, seeing some of these. Uh, classes firsthand for myself being a part of that and then also the the feedback that we're receiving you know just the ways that these students have been able to to connect and really understand each other I think is is really encouraging in this in this difficult time uh, Lindsay why don't you tell us a bit about your class and you know what did your students initially know about Ukraine before they started these exchanges yeah so my class is actually a program at Edina High School that I run and coordinate um, so the program is called Edina Rotary Global Scholars. Uh, so we work with our local Rotary, the Rotary Club of Edina, um, and they support the program here at the high school. So it's a three-year program, um, a graduation pathway for students to ultimately become global citizens and be ready to go out into the world post-graduation um, with a better understanding of the world beyond Edina. Um, so part of the program, students get involved in Rotary they um, learn another language besides English. So it could be reaching the highest level of a language here at Edina, or some students are already proficient in a language. Um, they choose a program pathway that they are interested in, which is STEM, fine arts, or humanities, and take extra classes above and beyond graduation requirements. Uh, they take a cap 
capstone course their junior or senior year. They choose a global issue that they're passionate about, a part of the world that they want to research and get into, and ultimately um, do research at a global level as well as a local level. Um, so actually two of the students who are involved in this exchange are doing their capstone project on Ukraine and are using this exchange as part of their project, which is really exciting. And then the last requirement uh, for the program is a global collaboration experience. So this could be hosting an international exchange student. This could be going abroad themselves, whether it's a short-term travel experience or studying abroad. Um, and in this case, um, we were lucky enough to have a virtual option of this Ukraine exchange. So it has been um, super beneficial for students to be able to have this global collaboration experience through their computer. And, and it has been very authentic and um, hands-on for the students. So as far as what they knew about Ukraine before this exchange is really limited to what they saw in the news. That's what I heard over and over from American students is, they only really know what's going on through the lens of the American media primarily. Some students perhaps maybe got a bit of it in their social studies class, depending on what class they're in, what teacher they have, but it has been pretty much limited to what we see on the media. Yeah, and I take it um, not a whole lot that they had known about Ukraine before, at least the invasion of last year, correct? Even though uh, technically, of course, Ukraine has been invaded for, for several years now, but um, I imagine they probably weren't paying too much attention to it until last year. So yeah, a lot of students had not known a lot about Ukraine prior to the invasion last year. Um, somewhat unfamiliar with the invasion in Crimea in 2014. Um, we're unaware of you know, resources in our own community. The Ukrainian American Community Center, which I just went to this year and found out about myself as well. Um, so the, the idea of the culture as well as the war is pretty much brand new to them as of last year. Yeah, so I guess what have the American students learned about Ukraine? And, uh, and Andre, what have the Ukrainians learned about America through the, throughout this process? What I love is we really focused on day-to-day -day stuff, um, especially at the beginning, learning phrases, um, learning about what students do in a typical day, how their school is structured, um, and finding kind of the, the common um, threads between the two cultures, but also some fun differences that we've encountered. Um, and once students started talking to each other, they, they got into kind of that every day, what do you do for fun? Um, what's life like with your friends, et cetera. And as we got further into, into the exchange, we did get into more of how the war was affecting the Ukrainians, which um, the Americans love to hear about because again, they had only heard primarily how Ukrainians were affected through, through the media. And I think that um, I, I really, I, I, I just want to echo what, what Lindsay is saying. And I remember that when when Minnesota, when we had the first session of Minnesota and Ukraine Youth Virtual Exchange Program, we kind of had like this subconscious division, like, okay, we have Ukrainian participants, we have American participants, and we are so different. And we are here to talk about like, first of all, Ukrainian American culture, and then of course the war in Ukraine. But as we move forward with everything, Every and every and every session, we just started kind of understanding that there we are not so different after all. And uh, it was a very big focus, at least for America House Kiev, to also, um, you know, make sure that 
um, everybody understands that even though Ukrainians are the direct subjects of this war, everyone is affected. And we are all figuring out how to talk about, about such things as the war. And in the beginning of the war, yes, there was this tendency that um, Ukrainian voices were amplified everywhere in the artistic scene um, or in the political scene and everywhere. I feel like now it's the time when we should really engage into conversation because we cannot say that it only Ukrainians are affected. And it was very, you know, very useful to, um, you know, hear the American perspective of this and to hear um, how Americans see the war in Ukraine. And when we understand how the war in Ukraine is seen, um, we are also able to um, explain it better to the world as Ukrainians. And also we are able to kind of, you know, find this language of navigating and, and, and talking about everything that we're going through, even though um, we live in, on different continents. And um, speaking about things that Ukrainians um, learned about Americans, there were uh, specifically uh, Minnesotans. Well, we learned a lot of cool Minnesotan words. Like we, we learned ufta, which I love using in my email every <laughs> yes. time. Sometimes I just say like ufta, but in a good way, uh, instead of like, you know, my regards on, or like best Andre. Um, uh, also, I got to know what is in Minnesota goodbye um, and uh, you betcha. So a lot of a lot of you know local phrases and the folklore about the 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 blue ox and the and the guy with the axe. All bunion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like the local context was very cool to to um to hear because you know this is how we kind of understand ourselves and this is how we can how we understand each other with with those you know traditional stories, those folklores, those tales, which play significant um, roles, a significant role into, um, you know, representing the culture and the traditions. Um, and um, I remember that um, it was very interesting also for American students to learn about Ukraine, not only through like this traditional clothing, but also through the music videos, which were shot in Ukraine. But, you know, not a lot of people knew that they were shot in Ukraine, like, let's say Rosalia um, or uh, 21 Pilots um, or um, Years and Years and many, many other, you know, very well-known artists that the world knows, but they just not know that some music videos were in Ukraine. And it, it's like, you know, you are already maybe familiar with the context, but you did not know. So I think this is was this was very cool um, to see how this connection was established through such uh, tidbits. And what I love about the Minnesota goodbye is when we were explaining it, all of the Ukrainians were like, "Oh yeah, that's the exact same here," which made us feel which made us feel a lot better about this long drawn out goodbye that we love to do. So that was a really fun connection there. Yeah, there's also the Ukrainian goodbye, which is basically like Minnesota goodbye. That's like you're, you're saying goodbye, but you're trying to leave. But Ukrainian goodbye is that Ukrainians will give you food, like with pack food for you <laughs> and give it to you. So you are leaving not with like empty hands, as we as we wow. call it. So this is something that was something that participants also discussed. And yeah, I love stories like that because it really shows that there is just so much more that we have in common than we have different. And I think I, I remember hearing that that was one of the things that many of the, the kids said throughout this program was, was just how much, you know, so much unites us rather than divides us. And 
these are exactly the types of, of exchange stories that we love to hear. And the reason that we do this, quite frankly, is so that we do understand each other. Because you're right, this really is impacting everyone around the world, not just in Ukraine, although, of course, the, the biggest impacts are in Ukraine. You know, this is really impacting so many lives. And, and we need to, to really try to understand you know, th this current conflict and where it's going and, and how we can finally put an end to it. Yes, because this ability to connect is truly something universal, and we really are focusing on like these divisions that we're having. But sometimes the language does not that ma does not matter that much um, to understand each other. And I feel like this is something that we achieve with this program. Yeah, and especially instilling this in our youth. A lot of my students are current seniors who are going out into the world, and in four years have the potential to go into the workforce and help things like this and go into perhaps diplomacy or, um, you know, things like that where our youth are our future, which is obvious, but we have the opportunity now to create that understanding um, to help with the future of this crisis. Yeah, so Andre, what difficulties then have the Ukrainian students faced during this time? Um, I know that right now you are uh, basically joining us from a hallway because uh, you Kiev had yet another um, air raid siren warning. Um, so, so how has the world impacted their, how has the war impacted their education? Uh, it's a very broad, broad question, which is something I'm trying not to, you know, extend to one hour lecture. But basically, um, as even when we were planning this program, we were always keeping in mind that they, like we can expect the unexpected. Like for example, there can be another air raid in Ukraine or there can be another some sort of attack or the blackout. When we were working on this program and when we were going through this very horrible winter that we had um, with the blackouts, uh, we, uh, my colleagues and I, we had this conversation that in so, some way we were lucky that COVID happened and that the pandemic had happened uh, because like we already adjusted the entire educational system to the remote and online education. Uh, and we were not, um, we did not have to, you know, reestablish the entire educational system on February 24, 2020, um, And the main challenges that were, um, uh, were um, for example, um, for Ukrainian students in the winter is that sometimes people would not have uh, the electricity for, um, for three days in a row. Um, or um, then, or they would have electricity only two hours per day. Per day, um, and during the program, of course, the biggest threat was um, that um, a missile attacks would could happen anytime. Um, and um, uh, Kiev is is a more remote remote part. Um, uh, not Kiev. Lviv is. Uh, located in the western part of Ukraine, so it's it's considered to be relatively safer. But even though there is no safe place safe place in Ukraine nowadays because missiles flew there too, um, Kiev is a more dangerous one. So like we were really kind of um, we were um, uh, high, we were stressing that in case they do not feel safe or something like this happens, they should seek safety. And um, the sessions were recorded in case anybody had to dash off. 
um, and things like this. Apart from having synchronous sessions in Zoom, we were using another platform called um, Flip, which is basically some sort of analog of um, Google Classroom, where we had different topics that participants could uh, reply to with the videos. For example, we had a topic of, you know, introduce yourself, and participants were able to record one-minute videos of um, just telling some information about themselves. And we had some, um, uh, uh, we had a topic which was called a day in your life. Um, and uh, I was I was really so um, mesmerized by some of the videos because there was a video from this Ukrainian um, girl um, from Lviv and you know she was recording a day of her life so for example i woke up this is my morning cup of coffee this is me brushing my teeth this is my way to school very regular stuff that american stu american students experience too and then um and then um when she was recording how her school class school classes were conducted the next shot was uh we had to run to the basement because there was an air raid and you could see like how kids were gathering in the basement like literally entire school was underground and some kids were playing games some kids were you know doing their homework some kids <laughs> were i don't know chatting and um um, then after um, after the air raid siren went out and and Lviv because that girl she's from Lviv she she kind of returned back to um to her classes and then she would head home and um, there was this moment which is so crucial for me as the Ukrainian because like you understand it. Uh, and you explained the context, and I'm very happy that um, our American participants got to see it too. Um, it was the moment when she talked about her leisure time, and she um, uh, would have her laptop with a TV show, and also on her table you could see like the instruments for um, for 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 manicure so manicure instruments that she's like she would have a, a lot of nail polish she would have like the professional um lamp um to like do her own nails and then she kind of like showed this uh, the result and she had like stunning nails she did it hers all by herself and there's like this saying uh between ukrainians which is obviously like a national joke that whatever happens ukrainian ladies or whoever wears you know does their nails they would have the most beautiful nails no matter what happens no matter if there is like an air raid siren or something like this um and yes there have been many 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 uh, challenges uh, many ways on how ukrainians had to many reasons why ukrainians had to adapt to this different reality but um despite those challenges it was very interesting and so in so um i would say mm, i'm looking for a word not not surprising but so mesmerizing to see how they adapted to this how like you could have the entire different culture in the basement uh or in the hallway like uh i like since i'm right now i'm in the hallway because there's an air raid siren in kiev i have my own culture here i know like i have my pillows there specifically for the hallway um and yeah it's also interesting um it was cool to showcase those tiny 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 details that are only uh that only could be learned from the stories we tell rather than just from the news how do you think the students responded to that? You know, did you hear any stories of, of them being 
kind of surprised or inspired by that uh, type of resiliency? Absolutely. I mean, from the get-go, um, one of my main goals before we even started was to prepare the American students for what they would potentially hear and what they would potentially see. And I brought in a school psychologist just, just to help them with processing skills before we started. Um, and as Andrea said before, when we crafted our schedule, we actually had backup dates um, for our virtual meetings, just in case of air raids. And even me, when I first heard that, that really hit home of the reality of what was happening there, that we needed to schedule these things. Um, one of the Ukrainian students on his pre-exchange um, pre survey wrote what, what he was most excited about. He, he, he was most excited about the fact that he was able to essentially contribute positively to the war without fighting. So he viewed this exchange as helping his own country and helping spread the word, which I just thought was amazing. Um, and students did as well. So our students hearing these very authentic stories, it really, really hit home what they're seeing on the news of the reality of what's actually happening there and being able to meet these people face-to-face -face who are experiencing it. Um, the students were able to put themselves in their shoes a lot more easily than, again, what they see on the news. So I guess speaking of stories, you know, what are some of these favorite stories that you've had uh, from these interactions? You know, are there any moments that just really stick out that, yeah, this worked to help build this understanding between these two classes? From, from my perspective, what everyone couldn't see on the other end is I was in the unique situation where I was in a classroom where all of the students were on a computer together experiencing this virtual exchange um, and they were engaged and they were listening and they were speaking during, in their small breakout room sessions. And then as soon as the session was over and everyone closed the Zoom, there was just this buzz and this joy and loud it was loud in here and they were just ecstatic and over the moon and talking to each other and swapping stories and just were so excited and thrilled and just basically honored to be part of this um i have i have students who are they say i'm going to go back to my i tell my parents about every session and um so it's cool that it's not only just affecting the students it's affecting their immediate family members as well as other students in our building who are hearing about it and so i think the trickle effect um, is the most rewarding thing i've seen so far um, sharing these face-to-face -face stories um, in our community as well Yes, this genuine eagerness between the Ukrainian and American participants was something that completely blew me off and I was just sitting there absolutely impressed and in awe and um, I remember what was super impactful for me personally is like the moment uh, they were talking the popular music that they that the music that is popular in their countries and they suddenly realized that SZA and her new album is also popular both in Ukraine and and the in the United States of America and they got to you know discuss their favorite show on Netflix and to actually hear that you know somebody is already on the episode two and somebody is already on the episode three and they're like please do not spoil anything so like yeah uh, it's just so great to see how like like how 
they were able to bond and to form new connections. And there was just so much gratitude for this, having this ability to speak about Ukraine outside the war, uh, the war um, represent Ukraine um, in a very authentic way. And just also um, a lot of gratitude for, um, for being able to listen to other perspectives and for being heard too. Yeah, my, uh, my wife is actually a substitute teacher so she hears all about how great SZA is. Uh, I have never listened to it. Um, sounds like it's probably pretty cool. I don't know. Maybe not my thing. But hey, you know, it's great that uh, that kids all over the world can come together uh, with music that you know, the older generation might not understand. But, you know, that's all right. So how do you think the students feel now that this program has concluded? Because I believe you guys had the last session a couple of weeks ago. Um, so are they still connecting with each other? And do you think that they have kind of reach this deeper understanding of, of their shared interests. I think they do. And even though we had our program concluded actually last um, week, um, we're gonna have another session. It's like a reunion session in June, on June 14th, where we would really love to discuss how this program impacted them and whether their views changed. So there's a, something to look forward to. From my understanding, they have started following each other on social media, which is super cool to see. Um, and again, I, I, I hope that they do continue at least some sort of connection in the future. Um, my students at least have um, gotten to know Yulia, and I forget her last name um, from the first session. Demoshenko. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yulia, um, on social media and hear stories directly through her, which has been amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they do stay connected and the students are really excited about the June 14th um, reunion Zoom that we are going to have. Uh, we just wrapped up our last Flipgrid this week as well. So they're still connecting um, and watching videos on Flipgrid this week also. Just a little remark to our listeners about Yulia Tymoshenko, because Yulia, there is also a Ukrainian politician called Yulia Tymoshenko, uh, and that was not her. Um, Yulia Tymoshenko that we invited for our program is um, a Ukrainian activist, storyteller, and uh, just a fantastic writer um, that we had the privilege to invite and to join us. So. Um, definitely, if, if anybody is um, interested in hearing, you know, the very uh, impactful perspective on Ukraine, they can check um, her Instagram or uh, social media pages. Yep, she was amazing. Mm -hmm. So then I guess finally for Andre, how can Minnesotans here listening to this podcast, how can they help support the people of Ukraine during this time? Um, I mean, the, fir the first answer, which will be the obvious one, is donating to different initiatives, which they would um, find, um, which they would, would like to donate to, but I understand that not everybody would be able to do this. Um, um, the, the, the most important thing is to, um, I feel like, stay spread awareness on what is happening in Ukraine and showcase your support in any way possible. Because I heard a lot of stories from my friends who had to escape the country and to leave Ukraine on February 24th, that every time when they walk 
um, in a different country and see, for example, a Ukrainian flag or um, a Ukrainian bumper sticker, it, it really brightens up their day. Uh, because even though you are placed in a totally different context and you most of the time you you are feeling very, very lonely there because you are really feel like a stranger there. Um, um, seeing those tiny and little signs of support is something that is crucial for them to understand that they are not alone. And um, on a personal level, as I had been communicating my experience of, um, you know, living during the war on my uh, social media accounts, I understood that what has been very impactful is storytelling in terms of what you're going through um, um, as, as, as Ukrainian. And I feel like for American, for, uh, American listeners who are joining us right now, um, it would also be a very... Um, very influential and very impactful of on uh, if they if they um, you know share some reflections on of how they perceive war in Ukraine. Maybe after listening to this podcast, they found they discover or gain some new insights. They help other people find language to talk about such such things as the war, because um, you know when you do not know how to talk about it, what usually comes up first is the pity, which is actually a very destructive emotion and very destructive, um, um, you know, um, way of, you know, showing your support. Um, and um, as you kind of know how to talk about the war and as you know how to, uh, uh, how to uh, find this language to support Ukrainians, I feel like this would be the way for us not only Ukrainians and Americans, but as like the global citizens to go through this faster and to um, uh, debunk all the influence that were imposed by Russia in terms of not only on the battle on the battlefront, but also in the global culture and uh, and in in informational space. Um, so I feel like storytelling and um, showing your support in the tiniest way possible, even if it's, you know, putting a Ukrainian flag on your Facebook profile picture, it already means a lot. And I do want to say that Ukrainians are extremely, extremely, extremely helpful for any, um, any support that they see. I'll never forget February 24th, 2022. It was the day before my birthday. My birthday is on the 25th. So I woke up to the big news and downtown Minneapolis, the skyscrapers were blue and yellow. Um, so celebrating my birthday weekend, birthday that weekend was very bittersweet with what was happening. So um, if we could keep up in Minnesota with the yard signs and the lights and showing our support, um, especially after experiencing this exchange, that's my plea to Minnesotans. Yeah, and I think it's all the more important to keep that up, even as this goes on, um, because I think, you know, of course, we all saw so much support right away at the beginning, but we want to make sure that that support doesn't fade away as this continues to drag on, because now is, is when you guys need that support, you know, just as much as, as ever, because it's still happening, you're still fighting back for every inch of your country, and and that honestly is what, uh, you know, what Russia is is counting on, is that people lose interest they decide to just get frustrated and tired with how long it's taken and then stop their support. And, and we have to, to continue, as you said, to continue to tell these stories and to show that 
it's still happening. It's still just as bad as before. And, and we still need to work together to support Ukraine. And the more that we can support these stories and to amplify those voices, I think the better. Absolutely agree. And um, just one more point uh, that I wanted to mention is that for us to talk about war in Ukraine and to showcase what is happening here, we do not necessarily have to um, shock each other or traumatize each other with the stories or the photographs that are, you know, circulating the news because there are a lot of devastating news and I understand this and somehow it's so hard to see that. Uh, but um, it just like there are so many other ways of how you can look at Ukraine um, and support Ukraine. Yeah. And these stories are what we're just happy to, to highlight because these are the good stories that we want to hear of, of people from different cultures coming together to understand each other and to support each other in a difficult time. Well, Lindsay, Andre, thank you again so much for joining today and for sharing your stories. I just want to say thank you uh, for inviting us. And it has been such an honor to work with Global Minnesota, America House of Eve and Dinah High School and, and uh, um, on this program and to uh, see how much of an impact um, it has uh, it has um, created. So it really inspired me as someone who is in Ukraine right now. And I'm very, very looking forward what it is going what it is going to um, develop into. Yeah, same. Thank you both to Global Minnesota and America House. Um, on behalf of my students, I mean, we've given them an amazing gift of this exchange um, that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So with everybody's hard work and making this come together um, through different time zones and um, backup plans and everything, it, it turned out really amazingly well. And um, I'm seeing the direct impact on my own students, which is very rewarding for me um, and has been um, really rewarding as a teacher as well. So thank you so much for having me. That's all the time we have today. You can learn all about our K-12 education programs and all of our efforts to build the next generation of Minnesota's global citizens by visiting globalminnesota.org. Be sure to also sign up for our free public event on June 14th to meet with the former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich. Uh, thanks as always to all of our members of Global Minnesota who make our programs possible. Be sure to check out our website at globalminnesota.org to find information about upcoming events, learn more about our international programs, and sign up for our weekly newsletters. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, so you can hear untold stories of international connections each month and catch recordings of our public events. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.